Deborah, with her 30 years of being an entrepreneur and creating over seven companies, knows exactly what it means to accept the mission. When you make that decision, when you accept the mission to become a solopreneur, to take yourself and your talents to market, then you embrace a life of not only unlimited possibilities, but also the unknown. It's an elixir of fear and bravery that only someone who's taken the leap really understands. On our show, Deb digs deep with her guest to highlight what you, the listener, wants to know. The stories, the whys, and the hows to navigate the journey to success. Get ready to hear from some of the most incredible mission takers from Generation Z to Boomers. So sit up, perk up, and get ready to be blown away. Now here is your host, Deborah Drummond. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, best. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you are. Pretty sure you are the best audience ever, best podcast audience. And I know, because I'm on podcasts and I'm like, you guys just aren't as good as mine. Anyways, if this is the first time that you've landed, no, it's not a show about sarcasm. It's a show about people taking the mission. It's called Mission Accepted for a Reason. Every Gen Zs all the way up to double boomers have the most incredible story. Gen Zs are pouring into the world of entrepreneurship. The last three years of it has really exploded. So here's the beautiful thing about this show is that we have everybody come on and share their mission and what that is like to be either an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, someone who's creative. And they're like, what do you mean creative? I mean, artists and singers and directors and actors and people that are in the creative field. And then, of course, self-funding media. It's like, well, what's that? Well, guess what? Podcast hosts, <laughs> which are, you know, the best kind. Radio hosts, TV hosts, people that are streaming networks. I mean, there really is a plethora of how people put themselves out there the economy that they're building for themselves and their family. But everybody, no matter how old or young you are, no matter what it is that you do, if you're side gigging or full gigging or working off the side of your desk or whatever it is that you're doing, at some point you made a decision. Now you probably made the decision within the confines of your own mind. You might've thought you were going to do a business. And so you went and did all the research. You did business plans. You might've even got an MBA and decided to do a business Most of us didn't do that. Most of us other had our backs against the wall. (laughs) It was like, uh, okay, you know, you could have lost your job or your job could have been cut or something could have happened. And you're like, at first it looked like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's happened until you went, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about what's happened. I've always been able, never been able to do what it is I want to do. Look at sometimes it's your girlfriend or your partner or your sister or whoever has said, hey, do this business with me. Sometimes it's someone else's idea, but no matter what that situation is, the first yes that you said was to yourself. You said yes inside, and then I call it like, it could be Pandora's box. Things started to happen for you. It's really providence. So unforetold things started to happen that you started to realize, and you thought, hey, I'm going to do this. That was the first time you took the mission, but guess what? When you become an entrepreneur, the mission doesn't stop there. It gets better. It gets more interesting. And so I'm super excited because I have a guest today who I recently got to know so much. Oh, man, we just we spent some time together and we did some really cool work together. I would say some spiritual work together. We did some work together around media, Um, got to really know her. And this woman has been saying yes to the mission for a very long time. And I'll just tell you. She also flies around the country with her husband. 
<laughs> she's like a super cool check. I don't know what you call it. Assistant pilot. Anyways, she can tell her story. I don't want to do that, but I really want to bring Susan on. Um, she is an expert in the arena of speaking in all fashions. And she's going to talk about that because so many people not only want to be speakers and stand on stage and make a living from being a speaker, but you know what? It's a different world. And as an entrepreneur, you kind of need to know how to talk a little bit, right? So having a speech a speech coach or someone that can help you talk or express yourself doesn't even necessarily mean you need to be on stage, right? Just be able to express what it is that you want to need and be able to do that for your business. So I'm going to stop talking now, other than thank you so much for being here and hang out to hear what this incredible woman has to say. So Susan, welcome to, welcome to the Mission Media Podcast. Thank you so much. I love mission-driven business and your podcast, Mission Accepted, just spoke to me. As soon as I heard it, I thought, oh, this woman, you know, we're together because that piece of... <laughs> Uh, so much of life goes much better if we follow our call. Like if we can actually hear this is the calling because most of my life, that wasn't what I did. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for offering this up to people. Absolutely. So why don't you let us, well, what, tell us a little bit more about that. So when you said that most of your life, you didn't, and um, you must've had your magical moment where you decided to be an entrepreneur, but give us a little backstory on yourself. Well, the, uh, the the truth I revealed in, in one of the books I got to participate in, I shared about that I was groomed not to know my truth. My In my world, I talk about speaking your truth. You know, Oprah says, if you're not speaking your truth, you'll never be all you were meant to be. And it's a piece of what's my truth? What's my speak? You know, like there's talking and they're speaking what other people told you to say, but there's like, what's my truth? And anyway, in that that book I write, I was groomed not to know my truth. And I realized, I think it happened like around four. My sister was in kindergarten, so she was five. And my mom and she were arguing about what dress my sister should wear for the kindergarten school photos. And all I remember is my mom storming past me. I was outside the bedroom when, you know, the bedroom door and my mom stormed past me and kind of went, she's been independent since the day she was born. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, don't know exactly what independent means, but it's not good. You know, that piece of speaking your truth, saying what you wanted, wearing what you wanted, you know, mm -hmm. that was enough to be like, okay, just keep mom happy. Just do what mm -hmm. mom wants. And I got mm -hmm. very good at using what I now know is my intuition, my sensing, my getting what people want. Like I didn't know I was doing that, but I got really good at what does mom want? What does my sister want? What does my dad want? How does everybody keep everybody happy? So, you know, you do that. I did that all through school. Right. And you know, I knew what the teachers wanted, give them what they wanted, get good grades. I got my 3.9091 grade point average out of high school. I went to one of those liberal arts colleges in Brunswick, Maine called Bowdoin College, which if you're from the East Coast here, you go, oh, and anywhere else you go, oh, that's nice. But anyway, it was one of those <laughs> colleges. And I studied government and economics thinking, 
okay, I'm going to make a difference in the world. So if you're going to make a difference in the government, you should know what the government's doing. And if you're going to make a difference, uh, or you should know what the business is doing, if you're going to make a business in business, you need to know what the government's doing. And I just got disillusioned about the whole thing because I thought, hey, none of them know what they're doing. Nobody follows any rules. This isn't actually turning out well. And I walked out, like, I'm not trained to do anything. Mm. I didn't even yeah. want to go get a job. I didn't even know who to tell them I wanted to work for. I'd, I'd spent my life getting really good grades, going to really good schools, studying really well, knowing how to ace tests. Right, right. No. It It's interesting. I mean, there's such a, it's so different now. I mean, you know, I know people can't really see us. They can only hear us. Um, but we didn't come from the generation per se of multitude of choices, right? There was, and that there was really a strong ingrained culture around when you go to school, that something what you took at school was going to set you up for the rest of your life. It was really school and then career. And you stayed at that career for a long time because you hopefully you landed in a good company and you were able to go up to the ladder to a certain degree. And that, that really we never really thought of our second, third, fourth job. They now say that the average person has six careers, never mind jobs, but six careers. And I don't know, when I went to school, they're like, do you want to be a stewardess? Do you want to be a secretary? Do you want to be a nurse? I was like, uh, I'll take, sec I'll take stewardess. Cause that seemed like the most fun. Um, I tried that. They didn't even hire me. I'm like, really? I can't even go be a stewardess, please. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, so um, there you are. Right. So you're like super educated. You could teach people how to do tests and you're like, right. I don't know really where to go from here. So take us from there. How did you so end up going I, from there to being to one of the most sought after speaking coaches ever? Exactly. So first job I got out of college was at Payne Weber because it sounded good. I worked in their tax shelter department because that sounded good but I typed labels for their envelopes. Okay. <laughs> so let's it. just say the only C I got in my entire high school career was in typing. I paid people in college to type my papers. So the fact that I was typing for a living was only because it sounded good. Okay. So that job did not last very long because I kept trying to please them, kept trying to be liked by people I didn't really like. I kept trying to be a part of. And eventually I got a little note that, or I saw a note that said, we're going for drinks, but we're passing the note because we don't want Susan to come. I'm like, okay. You know that part when you just try too hard to be liked and it just yeah. pushes people away? Well, maybe not everyone's done that, but that was my, that was me. So I called my sister. I'm like, I'm out of here. I need a new career. I need a body wave my hair, get contacts. I'm like, what can I do to just change? And that's when I walked into the rooms. My sister suggested I go into the rooms of transformation and the personal development side. And I walked in and the very first moment when they were talking about what could be possible and they weren't talking about Plato and Aristotle who wrote these, took these blank pages and wrote up what people should be doing. They were talking about me and my life and that girl and her life and how can we walk out of here different and those people had my interest that was like i am up for that so that 
was began my speaking makes a difference. Oh, how you think makes a difference. How you speak makes a difference. What you say makes a difference. I got invited to start leadership stuff with them. And at the time, I didn't really think that highly of my leadership skills, but I'm like, hey, it's volunteer. Sure. What I fire me. Go ahead. You know, like I, so I invested my time there. I, I actually, my friends are like, I said, you know, my friends all went to MBA. They got their MBAs. They got their doctorates. They got, they, they, you got your doctorate. It's just in transformation and things that people don't hand out doctorate. I'm like, yeah, I have my doctorate in metaphysics, not that anybody <laughs> handed you off. Awesome. But it's that piece of recognizing you can do something with your words. Right. And I got some jobs to just keep me going. And then they offered me a job to work for them in San Francisco. At the time I was in Boston and I'd already been to San Francisco because somebody else had just moved out there to work for them. And I'd said, I'm coming back. And when I was called literally on the phone and said, how would you like to come to San Francisco? And I thought, hmm, you want to pay me to do me what I've been volunteering to do. And you want me to do it in San Francisco? Okay. You know, and so I got myself in Mm -hmm. and what I found out, I didn't like working for them either. Like I just really wasn't very good as an employee. (laughs) I have learned. And since then I've declared myself unemployable because I mostly don't want to do what people tell me to do. I have better ideas. So it was from there. I ended up getting together with my husband. He was a general contractor we did pedestals for sculpture. You'll see a couple of pedestals here in the background. And I said to him, listen, if you want to take these two businesses and turn them into something, I'm up for that. Let's play. Let's do that. And he goes, all right, let's go. And so that's what jumped me into entrepreneurship, Entre- you know, because I just couldn't be employed. Not good. Well, you know, I think that's... Um- that's a unique story, but as well is it's not an uncommon thing to hear from entrepreneurs that either they've been doing entrepreneurship for so long now, they don't think they can go back and work for people, even though sometimes financially they would want to, because entrepreneurship can have it rivers and, you know, it can be sure rivers can. and droughts sometimes, right? There's no rhyme or reason things happen. And so sometimes people think, I wonder if it would be easier to go back because the life of an entrepreneur is really the life of a creative, but then they think about it. And so, so many times people will say, it just, you know, it's, it just is not, it's not who I am. It's whatever it is. So you're working with your husband, you're doing something that you click. So how did you go? So obviously you had the taste of your own business and entrepreneurship. And so I was doing work with my husband. And while I'm doing that, I'm leading the seminars for Landmark Education. So I was 10 years leading with them, designated seminar leader, you know, awarded awards for being most effective, like all this great stuff. And then at one point I went, it's still their words, their message, their money. It's not really mine. Right. And I stepped back and didn't know what to do then Mm. and ended up on a spiritual journey, which I didn't plan on going on, but I'd gotten invited on a pilgrimage and I went as a tourist 
because I didn't really believe in God at the time. So I really kind of thought God was a good bedtime story. And if you needed to believe in him, good for you. (laughs) But if you want to pay my way to Bosnia, fine, let's go. Let's go check out this Medjugorje. And sure, let's go talk to these these visionaries. Fine, teach me the rosary. Nothing to lose. But I was surprised at what I gained. I was surprised at what I ultimately heard. And that transform, you know, there was the transformation with Landmark. Then there was the spiritual like, oh, we don't have to make things happen. We can let things happen. And that's when the stuff that instead of that's a problem, it's like, all right, Apparently we're not supposed to do that. How about we try this? And that's what really happened when in 2008, the pedestal company, which had been doing really, really well when everybody had money and everybody was buying art and everybody was buying pedestals and they were buying 20 at a time for their future customers. And then they weren't. Mm. And so I find it funny that it was my bankruptcy attorney who actually told me I needed to take the money I had left and go find, go train myself to do something I could be paid for. (laughs) And I thought, that's just funny. And that's when I got back into speaking because I thought, this is my time. I have been trained really well for this. It's now time to go speak. That's a beautiful story. And you know what, isn't it funny? We we never know where the messenger is going to be. Yours happened to be your bankruptcy attorney. Sometimes I'm going to tell you, I was in Ireland and this was a number of years ago. So I'm going to say five or six years ago. And I was in Ireland and I had a relationship issue going on for myself. Now I'm in a taxi. Okay. I'm in a taxi and it ended up that my taxi driver, Mo, who I still know his name because they're fantastic. Taxi driver, you can, you know, they're like bartenders in Ireland. Okay. Probably because they just came out of the bar, but that's another conversation. <laughs> so I decided as this big surprise to friends of mine, I was going to on my last day, instead of going to see the show once I was going to go surprise them, which was a five hour journey, five hour journey from Dublin to Listenvarna. And so I was going to surprise them for my last night and party, party, party. And then someone pour me on a bus the next day. And I go to Dublin and fly home because they couldn't come see me. So I called Mo because I had his number and I'm like, Mo, what are you going to charge me to take me to Liston Barna? He's like, you're not going to Liston Barna. I'm like, yep, I am. He's like, you're a crazy Canadian. So he came to pick me up. And you know what? We got to know each other. And I happened to ask him a question and he, he, it was something about this relationship, something about love. And he must've said, I'm going to say maybe 12 words. And it was this moment, it reminds me of this moment of the movie, The Holiday, when, you know, you know, she's like talking to the gentleman at the dinner table. Um, I can't remember his name right now, but Blanchett's talking to, and she's talking about this relationship that wasn't serving her. And he basically says to her, you're, because he's a film writer, and he's like, you're acting, you're not acting like a leading lady, you're acting, you know. You're, you're not leading your life or whatever. And she says to him, three years of therapy, that was the best thing that I ever heard. And for me, it was the same thing. You never know where the messenger is going to come. And he basically said one sentence or two sentences 
that completely changed my paradigm around relationship. And I, I, my, my jaw dropped. I was yeah. like, cause I too had paid for a lot of therapy yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, what did you say? And he's like, blah, blah, blah. like just off the cuff. I'm like, best part of my trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And trip. had you, had you not been willing to go five hours in the wrong direction <laughs> to yeah. do da, 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 you'd have never gotten the best part of your trip. And that's part of being an entrepreneur. I say, is yeah. that part of, it's not the easy road. I mean, you've said that, right? We go off and off directions. We start to go, really? What are we doing? And I didn't enter into speaking to become a speaker trainer. I thought somebody would pay me to speak for them on their stuff. Right. I, I went to the speaker trainings to be discovered, thinking people would look for good talent and they would come looking at the speaker trainings. Turns out that is not at all what happens. It's speaker trainings. I have never once seen a talent scout checking out, <laughs> hiring anyone from the speaker training. But somehow I thought that was like where you might get discovered. Right. What I found was a bunch of entrepreneurs who were really passionate about what they were doing, who were answering a call to do something, and they weren't very good at speaking about it. And well, I'm sure there's a few people in our audience that feel that way. And even those of us that have, you know, captured that moment, there's always room for more next yes. level learning, next level audience, next level books, next level signings, what have you. Right. So, um, and I, I mean, I can't even imagine, I mean, you know, it's funny speakers when people used to think of speakers, they always thought of Tony Robbins or, you know, and, but they never thought of corporate speakers. They never thought of the person that came in to speak at their lunch and learn. Then I, Oh, they would have said, Oh, we had someone come in today and talk about leadership. They never say, Oh, we had this amazing speaker come in and, yeah. you know, it was kind of left for the Tonys, the Bouchards, the Oprah's, you know, whatever. I and there seemed to be this disconnect, but we, the whole industry has really changed to like, wow, the ability to speak because people I think now really understand this is not easy. You know, you got to want to throw up and not, not get upset about it. And like, Oh my God, I'm nervous and get up there and do the best that you can with what you can. I always do. Like, I mean, I know that, you know, we've had conversations about spirituality. I like, seriously, before I go speak, speak, I listen to probably a really, there's a song that I listen to. It's pretty hardcore, heavy metal. And then I pray. <laughs> I'm like, just let me be a conduit. And I listen to my little ACDC <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's go. So, so look, you, you've helped so many people. And I think it's a brilliant statement that you said there's people that are really passionate and they're just not really good at speaking. So what do you do with those people, hun? Well, there's what I offered was I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I can really help these people. And so I just started hosting what I called soirees and inviting them up to my room and coaching them and giving them feedback and they'd practice. And I'd go, no, you don't want to say that. You want So like one of my clients, so one of the things I teach is my 10 steps to, I want that. Okay. So it's these little, how do you remember what comes next is what my clients ask me. And I'm like, I made up this little thing of how you can remember these 10 things you do in a talk. The very first one is you connect with people. 
eye to eye, soul to soul. And while you were doing your introduction piece and I'm all going, ah, I'm like, now remember, this is the connection piece. Let's just look at Dorothea. Let's just be, let's just connect eye to eye instead of in my head, let me be with people, right? Well, the second thing is to ask either two questions or a quote. So my one client comes to you know my coaching and he's very proud of himself for the questions he's come up with. And he has, because he's kind of smug about it and he goes, what do Donald Trump, the Chinese emperor, and I have in common? That was his first <laughs> question. And I'm like, okay, you have just annoyed your audience. And, <laughs> you know, for so many reasons, but let's just say, A, they don't want to be stumped. Like the idea isn't to ask a question that tricks people. Right. So I asked right. him, well, what are you, what are you selling? What are you trying to have people do at the end of this talk for 10 minutes. And he goes, well, it's the art of Chinese date selection. I was like, okay. So it's like this feng shui. It's this whole, like, what's the best, most auspicious day to have things. And apparently he and the Chinese emperor and Donald Trump all did that. And I said, well, you'll be wait. You're walking to a room full of people having events. You're what you're in a speaker training and these people are all having events. How about you say who here has an event coming up? Who here would like to know the most auspicious day to have that event? Great. See me in the back of the room, pay me $9.97 or $97. And I'll tell you, like just the two questions alone would have been enough to have people go, I want that. Right. He got 50 out of 80 people to pay him $97. He made nearly $10,000 in a 10 minute talk because he had the right two questions. Clearly right. he delivered the rest of the talk well, but it's that piece you can go down or you can go up. And it all has to do with what are you offering at the end? It's all got to be in alignment. So Susan, I think it's so important, no matter what we're learning and, and people know my show. So this is not going to be like earth shattering for them. You know, sometimes people go, Deb, you're a little Janice Joplin. And I'm like, okay. So I could take you slowly or I could just rip off the bandaid. I'm the bandaid yeah. ripper. Um, yeah. Look, sometimes you need to hire someone that's going to be honest with you. You need, you know, it's like, it's like when you and your girlfriend or you and your guy friend and you're getting dressed to go out and you're like, so is this a good color on me? Is this tie good for me? Is this shirt good for me? And your buddy's like, yeah, it's fine. And they're like, oh, no, you know, and I think that's what you do. And I think that's why people are successful that work with you. And, um, and honestly, when we're, when we're training people, when we're honest with them, we're like, that's not going to work because yeah. that's the kindest thing that you can say to them. And, and I believe in personal training, not just coaching, training, speaking. I'm talking about when I learned scuba diving, I'm talking about when I, you I, know, I have a personal know. trainer, like it's that one-on-one -on -one that's going to get you further along. Now you can do that one-on-one -on -one in groups because the group can have that dynamic of honesty and learning from each other. And, and I mean, small groups are great, right? But yes, you know, when I, I say small group, I mean, you know, under 20, there's this beautiful synergy, yes. but there's something about what you just did for that man that was. Well, a small groups are awesome, especially when you're a speaker, because you yep. want to see the reaction of the audience, right? Yep. So I have a weekly call I do where I give feedback, just like I did for that gentleman, they'll yeah. start their talk and I'll give them their feedback. They get three minutes to talk. I get three minutes to give them feedback. 
but I'm watching or feeling the audience on zoom, right? The, mm -hmm. you can see them all. And I always say, you know, you're asking the right two questions when, or the right, whatever, when people go, Oh, and if you just say something and everyone's like, I'm like, that's not it. Like, cause they're all polite, you know, yeah. but if they go, Ooh, oh, oh, you know, like you get some sort of a reaction, you go, now we're on track, you know? So that's, I, I love the immediate feedback you get from working with small groups. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about that a little bit and then go back to your story. So yeah. you were sharing that with me and I think that's so wonderful. I mean, we were at a VIP luncheon where we all shared VIP luncheon mastermind and we got to feed off each other and support each other. So um, how many people come to this weekly event that you do? Because that's such a great idea. Thank you. I have um, somewhere between 12 and 20 come yeah. each week and mm -hmm. I give feedback twice a month to everyone who's, you know, everyone gets at least a minimum of two times a month of direct feedback. And you learn so much though, from listening to somebody else, because sometimes when it's your own feedback, you're like, uh-huh. I mean, most <laughs> of them actually do better than that, but it's like, you hear it from somebody else and you go, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's awesome. Or I'm going to take that. Or one of my clients, she's a well-trained speaker. Okay. So, and what I loved about, I met her in Orlando. We had met in Orlando and I'd met her in February in Orlando. And I did my 10 steps to, I want that and offered my speak program. And she said, yes. And it was the first time I had somebody work with me in this shorted time frame who hadn't done a whole lot of other work with me. Mm -hmm. And I was I love it when I get speakers who know what they're talking about and they've been trained by somebody else, but they're just not quite getting it to work for them because yeah. they're doing what somebody else taught them to do. Anyhow, this woman comes, I'd already seen her presentation. So I'd watch the slideshow, click, 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 and went, okay, we can help you. I can help you with this. And it's part of that, just giving her permission to be herself. I'm like, mm. where's the sass? How come you're doing? I don't want to hear the polite, blah, blah, blah. I want to hear, here's the deal. This is how this goes. I want to hear the real, the real girl who's leading this call. And she's like, yeah. And she'd been trained by Bill Walsh. So she'd been on his stages and she had shown up at one of his luncheons and he gifted her or, you know, made space for her to speak on his stage. So she went up having worked with me and she didn't use her PowerPoint. She didn't do her stuff. She just got her sass and did her talk. She talks about how powerful finances can be. And she got off that stage and she's like, yeah. And she said, even Bill Walsh noticed that I right. wasn't who I had been when he left, you know, when she yeah. kind of left that. So it's that piece of, I love working with speakers when they come in and they're new and the speakers who are like, Okay, let's get you dialed into you and get you launched. That's just fun. So I know that our audience is watching and listening and we speak in all sorts of different capacities, right? And mm -hmm. whether we're speaking a little bit or whether we're opening a sale or closing a sale or talking on a podcast or all of the bravery it's taken for all of us to do a Facebook live. I mean, I thought I was going to like, you know, interesting. Seriously, I had spoke on stage to 20 thousand people in an interview style teaching people top performance and top sales 
okay. I was a little nervous before I went up. I was like, I could feel the butterflies. It wasn't like I was just going to eat lunch before I went on. And I kind of shook it off when I came down the stairs and I was too scared to do a Facebook live. I mean, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. I'd never done a Facebook live, but I hit a stage of 20,000. So we all have our own dynamics around speaking. Yeah. What are some of the things that are common that, that people, other than not being themselves and trying to duplicate what they see other people do, what else do you see as a common, I don't know if you want to use the word mistake or common thing people do that's not in their service? Okay. So let's start with that part where people want to acknowledge the host they're being you know, invited to speak with. They want to acknowledge the audience. A, it's polite. A, it's good manners. B, it's what everybody tells you to do. But even when I, when I studied, why would you do that? Like, what would that be in service of? I recognized I could cause something in those moments other than thanks for letting me be on your stage. It's really valuable. Deborah, it's really great for you to have me here, you know, and, or I could tell the audience, you could, I mean, we were taught to say this in Landmark, you could be many places. It really shows your commitment that you're here. Thank you for your time. Even that I figure "Mm." it's like, yeah, fine. Right. But when I say, Deborah, thank you for your commitment to getting your mission, these missions out there, you're, this is important. And you're like, it is. And obviously everybody who's listening cares about Deborah and her getting the missions accepted out there because they wouldn't be listening otherwise. So when I acknowledge you for the commitment of what you're doing, which happens to be the commitment of what I'm doing, of helping people get their missions accepted and out there and speaking, it's like, wow. Right. And then if I, when I get to talk to the audience, so I can talk to the audience and I could say, thank you. Or I could say, thank you for having the qualities of my ideal client. I can say, thank you for having the audacity it takes to get your message out, to make it your business, to get your message out to the world. This is not the easy road. And people in their seats who are listening right now are like, I do have audacity. She (laughs) gets it. This takes something. I say, thank you for having answered the call. Like, so that's that part of people take things and use them as a throwaway. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, what can you cause in that moment? Why, why can't I cause people to be who I'm speaking to? And you know what, if there's somebody listening, maybe they're in earshot because they're their partner who's an entrepreneurial is listening and they're in the background and they don't have the audacity to make it their business to get their message out to the world. They are not offended. They're just like, good for them. So it's not like you're leaving anybody out. (laughs) They're just like, well, not me. I'll be, I'll be doing my nine to five. Happy. Thank you very much. Don't have that audacity, but it's that piece of, you might as well speak to the ones you're here to speak to so they can even Mm -hmm. know it's you they're looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's just one of the 10 steps when you take it down and it's not just acknowledge the host, acknowledge the audience, but it's why and to what end and what are you causing with your speaking? Cause our speaking is powerful. We cause with our speaking. So I have to ask you a little bit. So let's go back in time a little bit. And um, so everybody, 
not everybody, but for the most part, um, you know, what do they say that there's more people that are afraid of speaking, you know, in public than there are dying. And, and I'm sure statistically that's true, but so as someone who works with people that are constantly looking to get better at their craft so they can deliver a message and change the world, whatever that looks like to them. Yeah. Um, there's different ways of people that people get nervous. So some yeah. people's big stage for me was Facebook live. And I had to tell yeah. myself, honestly, Deb, who cares? You're going to be seen by 5% of your people. They've got better things to worry about. Stop being so self-centered and thinking it's all about you and go do a Facebook live. That's what I had to tell myself. Yes. I had to get very military yes. to myself. Yes. Um, some people needed to call their friend first and go, okay, I got this, go do the call and call back. I mean, we all have our things. So what are some of the things that you can share with people to help get over that stage fright or the nerves of speaking? Like you must have, or tell us a story. Yeah. Like, like was, well, is there I mean, a story just, that comes to mind? Just this weekend when I was with you or last week when I was with you, I don't, I don't get stage fright. I get stage relief. I'm like, yay, I'm on stage. Okay. But that's once <laughs> I'm on, but that's once I'm on the stage, right. somehow getting to the stage is still disruptive. And I, I have what I call the evolution of the dynamic speaker. Okay. And I would like to think we've evolved past it and you just get to show up every day as the dynamic speaker because you have now evolved. But the truth is you go through the whole stage, or at least I do every time I go to speak. The first, the first stage is the kind of the, the novice speaker, the, the budding speaker who says, oh no, what am I going to wear? Oh no, they're going to be looking at me, right? That's that piece of mm-hmm. get over yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's all about me. Then you go to, okay, no, I'm now the emerging speaker. I now know it's really about the uh, message. It's what I'm supposed to say. I'm going to get my message. When I get my message right, I'm going to get memorized and then it's all going to go well. Well, we all know that memorized talk is only going to be so good and you can say the right thing and say it the wrong way and it'll be, it won't go well. Mm-hmm. But the the seasoned speaker, they go, no, it's really who's in the room. I'm going to talk to the people in the room and make sure. So who are, who's coming, who are Deb's audience? We'll talk to them. Okay. But I say all of those things are still concerned about making it and looking good with the people in the room, whether it's any, any level of that. And my biggest secret for myself is to remember I'm speaking on behalf of the people who aren't even in the room. I'm speaking. So you and I are speaking. I don't know how many thousands of people are listening to us, but we're. I'm not really even speaking to those thousands. I'm speaking to the thousands those people are going to go speak to. Because mm. if they don't get their message out, those people are never going to be served by the people they're you know, the people they're meant to serve won't get help. So it's that piece of how do you, when my focus is on this God-given gift, this well-trained talent, and I just need to do my job and get this message out, then it stops being about me or anybody in the room. And I'm like, let's just go. And one of the things I'll say to my clients, if they're like, I'm going up on stage, I go, it's not your message anyway. You're just the (laughs) conduit. So- just deliver the message. Yeah. So those kinds of things are what I do to remind me. It's not that it's it. 
it's both not that big a deal and it can change the world, but it's not about you, right? Yeah. It's both. I love that. It's not that big of a deal, but it can change the world, right? You're, you're somewhere, you're somewhere emerging in between. Um, I want to talk a little about industry. I just kind of take the conversation because the word industry just popped in. What's really, has there been a change in the speaking industry in the last few years? Like talk a little bit about what's going on in your industry, your sector as a speaker. Cause you know, people are like, I'd like to be a speaker, but can I make a living at a speaker? Are there so many speakers? Is there too many speakers? How many speakers? Now that we've got TEDx, how many speakers talk about motivation? Um, I think there's 5,000 people talk about meditation. Is there room for me? And we'll, of course we'll say yes, but what's happened in your industry? So let's just notice that I, 10 years ago or so, I had this vision. I wanted to be like a Joel Osteen. I, I'm sitting on my couch and the vision is, people walked when one of those classes walks you through your vision and I see like thousands of people and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. well, you don't really go from sitting on your couch to being Joel Osteen. Like that just doesn't happen. But the industry has changed. We're pretty much, you could be sitting on your couch <laughs> and start being Joel Osteen. Like Deb Drummond just sat on her couch or on her chair and said, let's get some people together. Let's talk about mission accepted, right? We have the ability to create our own stages like never before. And yeah. people are creating stages and inviting. We're, we're all kind of coming together that, that the high vibration attracts the high vibration attracts the, you know, and we're being asked to share these messages with the world. So I say, when I shine my light, my people will find me. And that came from coaching a client who was hiding her channeling, hiding her God self. You know, she she was awesome at her webinars, awesome and all that, but it was taking a stage. And that to her was like, oh, like you talked about, you do all this. This is not hard. Send me your webinars. We can write your talk. This is not hard. So this was one of my VIP clients. She sends me her webinars. I'm reading them. I'm like, Eva, where's the spirituality? She was known as where practicality and spirituality merged. And she only had practicality in her talk. Mm. And I go, Eva, what's up with this? She goes, well, you know, they say not to lead with God. I'm like, yeah, but they don't tell you to kick him to the curb either. They don't say, (laughs) you know, you hide him. But it's like, if you don't let your people know you're channeling, you just mind one day, you tell them in your story, you remind your own business, you were doing your own thing. And next thing you know, you start getting these messages. They won't know it's you they're looking for. And all of a sudden I go, if you're not shining your light, they'll never know it's you. And that's when I started to get, oh, if we shine someone else's light, we're going to get the wrong people. Mm -hmm. And when we shine our light, that's the only job we have. That's the only, and it didn't, share this earlier, but you know, that part of how did I end up being a speaker trainer versus just the speaker mm-hmm. is I argued with God because I was just doing that speaker training thing just to get by till I figured out what I was going to be talking about. Yeah, And I'm, I had like, I was at the Grosvenor hotel outside of San Francisco airport. There were maybe six people in the room and I'm out in the hall going, really God speaker training. This is your big idea. Don't you want to talk about how you came to find me and how I'm like, what I heard was I'll bring you my messengers. You have them be good. Yeah. 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 For years, 
I had wanted to know what should I do with my life? I'd gone to career counselors. I'd gone to all the, just tell me what to do with my life. Do you think when God comes down and tells me what to do with my life, I'm excited? No. I'm like, <laughs> really? Speaker <laughs> training. Fine. And so I go back in the room and do my job because this is my calling. I'm going to do it. But I still was struggling to get people mm -hmm. in my seminars. Mm -hmm. That piece of, you know, I was listening to one of your podcasts about how do you get people to show up? I'm like, yeah, how do you do that? Right. That was where I was in that moment. And so, I don't know, I think I was 51 at the time. Okay. I'm 61 now. That was 10 years ago. I'm in my bedroom and I'm arguing with God again. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. I'm old. I'm done. And this is right here. I told you I'll bring them. Stop hunting them down. And I thought, oh, yeah, you did say you'd bring them. Fine. You bring them then. I'm going to do my life, enjoy the people I want to be with, do what I like to do. And if you want me to work with anybody, you bring them. And that was the day I went to an event that Eva Gregory walked up to me and said, I really need a VIP day. I Help, I've got a talk coming up. I really need your help. And like, of course you do. And that was the spirituality and practicality conversation. And that's when it became, when you shine your light, your people will find you. And it became where God and speaking could kind of come together. And that's really my, it, I don't really care that everybody believes in God or that they believe what I believe. I, I really have little care. I care more that your soul and your message is what you care about and you feel called to do, you know, then how you get called to speak about it. Cause I'm kind of one of those, we're all angels for each other and we're all going to the same place. Right. So we're yeah. all working towards something, but. Right. That's, you know, I have to say I relate and then I'm going to um, give you an opportunity to talk to the audience so that they can get to know you more because I have a feeling as we did when we called the other day, I'm like, it's an hour and a half. And I think we were supposed to talk, you know, I got to go. I, I was like, I need to go and do a podcast. And I hadn't showered. I'm like, we got to stop talking. So we literally had to hang up on each other. Obviously we could talk and, you know, you can come back anytime, but it reminds me. And most people know that I'm putting a book together, uh, 262 women, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, creatives, and media. It's called mission accepted. And I'm going to tell you what well, your story just reminded me of the same thing. I was lying on the couch. I was doing the sleep coaching for a while as I was, you know, recovering. And I was, I, so I thought, oh, it's a good place to pray and meditate. Cause this, I know this book's got to come. I didn't know how many women should be a part of it. Now I've done anthologies. The most I've ever done is about 25 people. So I'm like, okay. So I prayed and meditated and I got the number 262. I literally started laughing out loud. You saw me laughing and we did that treatment that I started laughing like that. I was like, yeah, that's hilarious. Then I got waved with fear. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to meditate again tomorrow. Three days in a row, it came up 262. It was 263, 262. Like it really was almost like a roulette game. 262, 263, 262, 263. And on the third day, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. But the same yeah. thing I had, I'm like, okay, so, so now you got to do, you know, you're doing the infrastructure, you're doing the whole, you know, execution of it. So thank you for reminding me to just go, yo. Yo, this was your, you want, this was your idea. You I want me to do this. You said 262. 
So you go figure this out. <laughs> bring them. You bring them. I'll get them in the book. I'm good. Just, okay. you know, that you know, piece of, wasn't that like Noah's Ark like, thing? Help a girl out. Hey, you got me into this. Help me out. You know, yeah. like, this is not, this is, that's the piece <laughs> where you and I really got into it and we could keep going. But that part of like, this doesn't have to be hard. I didn't right. say it would be easy, but it doesn't have to be hard. Like you have to do the work. Right. But you yeah. don't have to make yeah. it happen. In fact, when you do, it's it's like you may as well stop now because, you know, yeah. you're going to wear yourself out. But that piece of, in, in fact, you know, I was up at 3.15 this morning because we're talking today and God wants to talk to me at 3.15. I'm like, okay, what are we talking about now? And I'm like, but I had a channeled message from Mary once that said, Susan, you are too bright. A, you are too bright a light to be burning your candle at both ends. You need to rest. You need to do things. I'm like, yeah, it's not about working hard and working heavy. It's about, okay, I think I'm supposed to go over here. And yeah. look, I, I showed up at, one of the calls um, with Shiraz mm -hmm. and I thought I should really be phoning people and inviting them to my speak your truth event. Cause I have some stuff coming up and two of the people on Shiraz's call go, I want that. I mean, I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about, I wasn't trying mm -hmm. to offer anything. And they're like, Oh, I want that. I'm like, of course you do. She yeah. do. Cause God said he'd bring me his messengers. So here we are. I, here we I'm are. just helping me good. I'm just helping me good. So, All right, so we could go on forever. So I'm going to like cut. And, yes, okay, please. Before I do that, um, and talk to the audience that, that as the fabulous people that they are, Susan, tell people how they can get more information from you. Um, awesome. I know you've got these. Honestly, I just love. I would love it if you could give these people the ten tips that you know we yes. went to a course and actually you know paid to hear you share that. So if you could share that yeah. with my audience, we would be so grateful. I like, where can they get that? To, I'd love to. So if you go to betteronstages.com, because that's really what it's about, getting better on stages. So betteronstages.com, and you will get to download my 10 steps to I want that. And I, I even have little pictures of me doing all the funny little hand gestures that I taught Deb and everybody else in um, in Orlando. So you'll get to remember what comes next and you'll get to know why. Now, that's just gives you enough to get a little, be a little dangerous. Like, oh, got this. I know the whole thing. Well, in case you want to know what you actually say in those, after you download it, you'll get a link to be able to find out how to access more time with me and even an option to talk to me. Because you can't just, you know, I'm going to give you the the tools, but you got to learn how to use the tools. So yeah. I'm I'm available to to um to help you do that. So awesome. betteronstages.com. Okay. Thank you so much uh, for sharing, Susan. We really appreciate it. I know we both just got back and so time zones and all that kind of cool stuff. So thank you for making this happen. I know that, look at you may be listening to this podcast whenever you're listening to it, but I know because I've got it in my book, Susan's doing a three-day virtual and a three-day live event coming up very, very soon within this next month. And the cool thing is whenever you're listening to it, Susan's got some cool stuff going on, but she particularly has something that's happening in the next little while. And so yeah. just reach out really quickly because if you want what she has, then she's got something going on that can serve you yes. really quickly. There's Both nothing worse than having to wait. and live. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Online and live. Yeah. Yeah. So take you to 
Yeah. There you go. Other than that, people, if you want to come on to the show, you know, you know where to get me, debitdevdroman.com. If you want to be on the show, please, I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to know more about you. I'd love to share your mission. If you're sharing a project or a mission or you're doing a film or you're an entrepreneur or whatever, because stories are hilarious. First of all, they're, they, they make us laugh. The second thing is that um, life is interesting. It's so inspiring. I'm going to share with you guys. You guys know that myself and my partner, Kareen, are walking across Ireland. We talk about Ireland and we're walking across Ireland. I want to send you to theydidittour.ca. It's a place where you can sponsor, you can donate, you can have your business endorsed if you're a business. Um, and it's basically two crazy girls that are not athletes are doing eight and a half marathons across the country to raise money to support the music industry. You know, you've got three really beautiful charities that we're going to be supporting globally, Canada, Ireland. Um, so please just go there, poke around. If you'd like to dive in deeper and do something really cool with us, like, I don't know, you know, walk, walk part of the marathon in the name of someone that you care about. Um, if you want us to wear your jacket, that's got your company name on it, because we're going to, you know, you're going to have the second mile or the 10th mile or whatever it is. We're willing to do some fun, cool, funky stuff. And we got some stuff planned. So please just make that part of your experience as well. Just follow along the journey to the journey. And then you get to follow along the journey. And then there's going to be the after journey. <laughs> Anyways, that's another one of those things where we're just, just doing what we're told to do. So thank you so much, Susan. There was so much that people could get from your, not just speaking, but the inspiration and how to live life and how to live entrepreneurship. So thank you so much for being here today. And you, you crazy, great, amazing audience, share this, subscribe and do a review so that we're out there even more so like susan said you know messenger to messenger and i will see you guys again next week so you be good thanks for calling thanks thanks for coming thanks for calling thanks for dialing in and we'll talk to you soon bye for now step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus